All right, welcome back. So, wanted to talk a little bit about DAs and how they're doing after the trade deadline. Um, playing really good baseball. They've, I think they've won three of four. Nah, might be two and two, but they played the Padres. Padres are obviously one of the better teams in the league and, and lost the first one. Um, really, it was just a story of what's been going on all season. Had plenty of runners on base, but couldn't get the big hit with runners in scoring position. I think we were 0 for 15 in that first game. Um, only run we scored was uh, a Marte home run, solo shot. So we ended up losing 8-1, to and it was basically just Padres were great with runners in scoring position, and we were not. So it, And that's been a frustrating part of the season so far. <clears throat> we, we tend to get plenty of base runners on, whether via the walk or hits, whatever. But once they get in, you know, in threatening, we've had bases loaded so many times this year, and I think we're batting like under 200 with bases loaded. Field, yeah. So it's definitely frustrating when you see all those potential runs on and you come away with nothing, but that's Especially more. Especially when it's like one out. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we've, we've drive you nuts. We've had bases loaded with no outs this season and didn't score. So it's, it's definitely frustrating, but um, one, one bright spot has been Jan Gomes. Uh, he's come up with two just clutch hits. One tied the game um, against the Padres Ended up making it go into extra innings, and then we won on a, a Matt Oltz and just missed a home run. Ended up being a, a double off the wall, but both runs came in to give us the the go-ahead walk-off win. So um, it's it's been great to see those those additions make make some big plays. Marte especially, I think he has five steals for us since he's been on the team, and that's four games, something like that. Gomes has had some clutch hits. Harrison's been on base quite a bit and then Chafin like I said I touched on him already he's been clutch out of that bullpen so adding him was was great to a, a struggling bullpen um, I was hoping we'd get Rich Rod or maybe just one more reliever to help out um, but I, I feel pretty comfortable with what we have going forward especially if Chafin can step in he's a left-handed pitcher uh, we haven't really had a consistent one out of the pen this year because Diekman's so been been so off <clears throat> so adding him was was great but i did want to mention one thing we didn't talk about in the the trade deadline stuff in our division the mariners traded away kendall graveman which has been pretty much the best closer in the game this year he's a former a starter converted to a reliever and he had like a 0.82 era going into the trade yeah. deadline and they traded him to an interdivision rival right after he just closed out a game against them, um, and it was disheartening to the to the Mariners team to say the least. Um, they just made a they won three out of four against the the Astros, which lead the division, inching them even closer. And then that front office does that. So, as you could imagine, the the clubhouse was very pissed off about this. Um, a lot of guys were just screaming, you know, just what, like we, even when we're winning, they don't want to support us. So I think the, the Tyler Anderson trade was actually in response to the feedback from the players. And <clears throat> look, I get it. Mariners aren't going to win the, the World Series. They're just not. But they are outplaying 
the the sum of their roster, and there's something to be said for that. I think their run differential is something like negative forty something. So that's not typically a, a winning strategy. I would kill for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy to be south of 100. Um, yeah, so you don't typically see teams with negative run differentials have a a good record. Um, they can definitely be around 500, but holy smokes, they're definitely outperforming that. Um, I think they're 28 and nine or something like that in one-run games. So that's not really uh, something you can keep up over the course of a season. Um, so I definitely get what the front office was doing, but at the same time, when you are having the season that you're having, it's not a good time to blow it up. But Anderson's a lot more long-term sort of thing. I think he's going to help him this year, and he's going to help him in the future for the next few years, where Graveman, the way that he was pitching, they probably weren't going to be able to hold on to him because he's going to command top reliever money the way that he pitched this season. So. I think if you if you zoom out a little bit, it the move makes sense. But when they were having the season that they were having, what kind of message that sends the team is not good. So, well, yeah, you're you're gut punching <laughs> all the fans at a high at a high point. I yeah. mean, it. Yeah, I could it, see. It, you know, if they were struggling and you know the record's starting to come down, but literally right. beating the the team that you're trying to, to catch up to three out of four times and then trading it your your best reliever to them, that's that's definitely and a nice the, kick in the nards. And it's the Astros, man. Yeah. Which, holy smokes, I don't know if you saw the Dodgers reception that they gave them on in this last series. They threw a trash can on the field, booed the hell out of them. I don't blame them, but it is kind of getting old. Like, obviously, yeah. I, I will never like the Astros because they're in our division. Um, and we basically were directly affected by them cheating. Right. So I'm a little salty about it still, but I'm not going to go, you know, boo boo them every time they have a hitter come to the plate, anything like that. So I get that the, the Dodgers haven't had a chance to do that yet, but hopefully yeah. we can we can be done with that going forward here. It's, it's definitely a tired narrative for sure, and especially this season after – all the sticky stuff debate yeah. and power yeah, no. and I mean, it's the Dodgers calling the kettle black to some degree. So yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely saying that the Astros were the only team cheating is yeah, not accurate. So correct. Anyway, um, <laughs> other news, the Mets did not sign rocker. No. Because of an apparent elbow MRI that they saw something that they didn't like. So they reneged their, I think they had a $6.5 million offer to him. And he wasn't going to negotiate down. So basically what this does is leaves him in a state of limbo where he can either return to Vanderbilt and not make, well, I guess he could make some money from the NIL stuff. Yeah. But... You go from six and a half million to maybe a couple hundred thousand, and potentially ruin your arm pitching in a, a meaningless season. So it sounds like what he's going to do is basically just train in independently or wherever he's yeah. going to do it, and get ready for the 2022 draft. Uh, Mets will receive the 11th pick next year, and I really hate this rule because. 
basically the Mets, other than they don't get the player that they drafted, they get the pick to replace him. Well, what happens to him? He loses out on the money. He can't sign with another team, so he can't make money from them. Obviously, like I said, NIL, but that's there's a huge difference between what he was offered and what he could make through that. And he's just, it's either play amateur or wait wait till next year and train up. He's basically losing an entire yeah. year of his career because of this rule. And I think that sure. needs to change because it is so, like, baseball has been so ass backwards when it comes to minor leaguers to begin with. Like, these guys are making 2000 a month, barely surviving during the season, traveling on buses. Like, the conditions are so bad. And I don't know if you saw, um, over the pandemic, they had the minor league camps where they basically had the teams that were playing against each other. Like, so your your players from the A's organization would be playing against other A's players from the A's organization. They called it the Taxi Squad. Um, and what they were feeding these guys, like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't feed my dog, and that's that's what they were trying to feed these guys, and they were getting away with it. So yeah. until someone aired it out, obviously they fixed it. But it's sad that it took someone saying, "Hey, you know, I wouldn't feed this to my dog," before they actually fixed the issue. So anyway, that's a whole different story. But baseball does not care about minor leaguers at all, and that's quite apparent with this rule specifically like and i don't know like i can see the the argument to the other side of it if players didn't want to sign they just hold out and then they can go sign with whoever they want and make more yeah. money so i don't know what what the solution would be i don't know if it would be if they don't like if they're not offered a contract from the team that that drafted them then they're a free agent that probably makes more sense um, because essentially he was offered a contract, but then they rescinded it. So it's like he wasn't offered a contract at all. Right. So that would give him the freedom to say, Hey, here's my MRI. Here's the MRI from 2019 that shows the same according to his agent. No, no new damage, anything like <laughs> yeah. that. He's been pitching with the same arm for the last two years. No issues. What, what do you guys, what will you give me? You know, and Ultimately, that's going to be the benefit of the player, and the team would still get their draft pick the following year, no loss of right. income or anything like that. So I think that needs to change. But one thing we did not talk about is your trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, before I dive into that, one thing about the whole rocker situation. Uh, I'll be honest, I hope the – I hope the elbow shit gets cleared up, and I hope he's there at four or wherever we are. Yeah. Um, I would be more than happy to for them to spend a pick on him. So we'll see where that goes. But, uh, yeah, uh, obviously I've already talked about my love for the city of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not going to get too wild on, you know, the, the trip itself, but ate a lot of good food. I mean, city's absolutely beautiful. And uh, I got to catch another Pirates game. The Pirates game was a blowout. It was an ugly game, but it doesn't matter. I love going to that stadium. Um, PNC Park has to be my favorite stadium across any sport. Any, It don't matter. It's just absolutely beautiful. 
Um, but then I was also able to actually go to Steelers training camp, which uh, that it was a new experience for me. I've I never even thought about going to training camp. I mean, obviously, I haven't been in a situation to, but uh, it, it was fun. It was different. You know, I mean, it's it, it's different this year. Also, um, they obviously have their training camp at another location most times, and they ended up having it at Hyden's Field this year. So I'm a little bummed about that because talking to people in the stands, it's definitely a different experience when you go and see them um, normally. But there's, you know, they're not doing signings and things like that. There's not a ton of player interaction. Um, they talk to the crowd and stuff like that, which was a lot of fun. Um, I would say the best thing about training camp that I enjoyed is you really get to see the personalities come through. Uh, I absolutely, I absolutely had a blast watching Cam Hayward. Um, I mean, he, they, they were doing punt drills with him. I mean, he caught like six or seven balls before he dropped one. I mean, he was just, there were guys there that, you know, were probably taking it serious and he was just out there having a blast, just messing with people for two and a half hours. Oh yeah. He was, and I mean, he's a fan favorite, obviously, um, being a Pittsburgh fellow, but, um, it was just fun. That's the kind of stuff that I really enjoyed. Uh, as far as some notes from training camp, um, obviously I wanted to go see our draft picks really bad. Najee looks amazing in camp. He looked great in the game tonight uh, for the Hall of Fame game, the little bit that he played. Um, he's downhill runner, runs hard. Obviously, we kind of know what we got with him. Uh, but I was really excited about Pat, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Anybody who's listened to before has heard me talk about him. Um, I think him and Eric Ebron are going to be an awesome tight end tandem for the Steelers. And I think they'll be deadly once uh, Ebron's healthy. Uh, but he's he was super impressive to me in camp, uh, more so from the blocking stamp. He's been amazing um, catching in, in camp, not just the one I went to, but through all of training camp. He's, he's a stud. But seeing him with hands on other guys in blocking drills, uh, I'm very excited about him being on on the team. Um, I've already been high on him, obviously, but super excited about him. Um, but yeah, it's it was a, it was a different experience. It was really cool uh, seeing players like that actually being able to see them uh, work through drills, and it, it was just a really good time. Uh, it was hot as hell. <laughs> uh, sun was out that day, but other than that, it was. It was absolutely amazing. Heinz Field's beautiful. Um, I had a great time. And like I said, the Hall of Fame game tonight is kind of more of the same. Um, there's a ton of players that obviously did not play, a, a ton of our starters. Um, but some of our, our backups, uh, Mason Rudolph struggled. I have a hard time believing he'll be our number two for much longer. Um, Haskins came in and even Dobbs. Uh, Dobbs looked really good when he was with Seattle um, a few years back, and they were really high on him. So I think both Haskins and Dobbs have more upside than Rudolph does. Um, I think, honestly, he's held on to the second position solely based on where he was taken. Um, I think that's still running out. I don't know that I see him staying 
I mean, he's not going to last past his rookie contract, if even that long. Um, Haskins, I'm excited for both on a team level, but also a personal level. I think the change of scenery is going to be really good for him. Um, For whatever reasons, him and Ron uh, Rivera didn't click in Washington. He was kind of over the Haskins project, and obviously they moved him out. Um, he seems he seems more comfortable. Seems like he's he's doing well. He moved the ball really well, um, and our defense looked good. So all in all, between the training camp and tonight's game, for what you can take from a preseason game, especially I always laugh at the Hall of Fame game, but especially this game, it's the first one out the gate. Um, things are a little sloppy. Obviously, they got to get short up. But, um, I mean, it's all positive things. Uh, and the last thing I would say about the Hall of Fame game is our our starting line actually looked really, really solid Yeah. Um, in, say, at the very beginning of the game. Highsmith looked pretty impressive. Yeah. And I don't know. That was that was really awesome because I think our, our O-line is going to be make or break for us. Um, so to see those guys click in, and it's it's a short sampling, obviously, but they were clicking, they blocked well. Um, I just I, I think it was a it was a good first outing. I hope they build on it. So uh, uh, kind of capped off my trip. Yep. Did he get hurt? I saw him go down pretty. No, pretty hard. Um, I'm pretty positive. I mean, he he was jumping around celebrating okay. throughout the rest of the game for people. He basically what he did is he laid out for that pass and he took the ball right in the stomach. Yeah, it just knocked, knocked the wind out of him. Yeah. No, I hear you. Initially, I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's why preseason." But yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, if that's all you have. Yeah, I mean that's. It was a wonderful trip. I'm happy to be back. Obviously, plan on being more regular on here. Kind of threw a wrench as far as the podcast plans, but. I'm back and refocused and dedicated to being on here. Well, we're glad to have you back. But uh, I also, I actually got offered some uh, camp tickets for this weekend. And it it killed me to say no. But there's too much going on in the uh, family stuff right now to to try to pull that move off. So, Have have you ever gone before? Not to training camp, no. Uh, I've been to... Just I've honestly shot, man. only been to one Raiders game, and it was preseason. So, obviously, I'm going to another preseason game coming up. Uh, been to a couple games at Mile High, or Invesco, whatever they call it now. Um, I think I've been to, like, three regular season games there. But never seen the Raiders in regular season. So, hoping to change that before too long. Um, should be a lot easier now that they're in Vegas only two hours away from me, two and a half, something like that. So, um, but no, I, I got offered those tickets cause there's a lady I work with that has season tickets to, to the Raiders games now that they're here in Vegas. So I, That's awesome. it, it killed me saying no, but they did make a couple moves over the, well, I guess one possible moves coming up, but they did sign Gerald McCoy, which I don't know if you remember last preseason, he was, he was uh, with the Cowboys, and I think he was simulating an offensive lineman and tore his hamstring or something like that. He was out for the rest of the year. 
This is uh, this is the same Gerald McCoy that was with the Bucks back in the day, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Same guy. So, anyway, he is. If he has something left in the tank, I'm I'm happy that they signed him. But it's one of those low risk, somewhat high reward moves. So, happy to see him at least kick the tires on him. Um, and then we actually had KJ Wright, the linebacker from Seattle. Oh. He came and visited today. He's a stud. Yeah. That's a that's a move I could definitely get behind. I mean, I'm pretty okay with the, the linebacking core we have right now. Um, everyone's down on Littleton because he's been a huge free agent bust. But I think it was more him trying to pick up a scheme that, <clears throat> quite honestly, no one really picked up because Gunther, I think, was changing it week to week on what he was calling and what he wanted everyone to do, and they were they were having a really hard time picking up his scheme because it was, you know, 35 pages worth of just random right. shit. And <laughs> every other defensive coordinator saying, here's your base, here's what you're supposed to do. You know, obviously yeah. you got blitz packages and things like that, but it seemed like Gunther was... When he was teamed up with Zimmer, he was a great coordinator, but I'm wondering how much of it was Zimmer and how much of it was Gunther because you've seen Zimmer continue to have success and Gunther really hasn't. Granted, Raiders' roster wasn't the best, but if we could get K.J. right, I'd be all for it. Um, I don't know who would get the axe at that point because really we have four linebackers that are really decent players, so... We'll see what happens. KJ, if you guys can pull him in, I mean, he's one of those unique linebackers. He is so strong in coverage. Yep. And there's guys that can fill in in coverage, and they can, I mean, they do okay. They do all right. He excels in coverage. And in today's league, that's a big ask from a linebacker. So I just, that'd be crazy. And if you could get McCoy, if he returns to form at all, um, I mean, he was a stud. He put in some good years. For sure. So that's pretty That's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I mean. But to your, to, to your point on coordinators, though, I mean, I, I kind of got to make the comment just because we have obviously a new offensive coordinator with Canada. Um, it just reminded me, I apologize, of uh, Derek Watt. He's been one of our standouts in training camp. And, like, amazing standouts out of the passing game everything and so that's been a lot of the debate was like you know what was the problem before why wasn't he using him um i think he had one rush last year and i'm, I'm a big fullback guy i love i love tight ends i love fullbacks those are some of my favorite positions and uh you'd love john gruden oh man <laughs> he, he does he does um uh, but I think the, you know, fullbacks are not utilized enough in today's league. Um, but I love seeing that. And I think Canada, I guess to your point is I always wonder that also, I mean, you always hear people talk, some coaches, they make the jump to obviously head coach and it doesn't pan out. Some people are just coordinators Yeah. and you know, in, in his case, some people are coordinators in the right system. Yep. So I'm excited about how that – I think it's working out for us. I hope it translates. But – and I, I hope it's the same – hope it's the same for you guys. I hope it – I mean, it's one thing 
again, off season, training camp, preseason. But hopefully it translates to some regular season wins for you guys. Well, and It KJ sounds Wright, like you're willing to make some moves. So He was in Gus Bradley's system back when they were the, right. the Legion of Boom. So definitely has a familiarity there, and that's why I thought it would be a lock for him to sign. Um, but it sounds like he's got interest from probably five to six other teams. So At least. <laughs> he, he didn't want to, you know, just sign on his first visit. But I still think – Raiders have a good chance at, at bringing him in. And like I said, I, I still don't think they're done making moves because Jalen Richard's eaten up $3.5 million as a third-string running back. I don't see that, you know, sticking around, especially when you can get someone like John and I talked about, Adrian Peterson. Um, I was just going to ask you about him. Yeah. Because I heard, I heard you guys talk about him a bit. Do you, I mean, how, how realistic do you think that is? I don't know. Like, for him, it doesn't make sense if he wants to have a huge role because, um, obviously, Josh Jacobs and Ken Drake are in front of him on the on the depth chart. But having a guy like that that can just bruise and really he can do anything. He can, yeah. uh, short of catching the ball out of the I mean, backfield, that's not a strength. But if you're just handing the ball, <laughs> yeah, if you're handing him the ball, he's going to get it done. So I, I don't know how realistic it is because I don't know how – how bad the other teams are kicking tires on him. Um, but as we get closer to, to the end of training camp, I mean, you pretty much have to bring someone in if you're going to. Otherwise, it's it's cutting into the regular season. So I think we'll see something before too long. But if we could get K.J. Wright and Adrian Peterson by cutting Jalen Richard, do I'd it. do it yesterday. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, no, I think that's all I had with the, the Raiders. Um there was something else that popped up while you were talking and I forgot to write it down. So if it comes back up while you're talking about something else, I'll, I'll mention it. But for now, it, it's your turn, big fella. All right. Uh, I mean, for anyone that's listened, obviously knows I'm big on hockey. So I got to, I got to insert a little bit when I can. Um, but this one actually really hits me in my feels. Um, so, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury is near and dear to the hearts of basically every Penguins fan on the planet. Um, I'm still just traumatized that we ever let him leave. Um, but anyways, obviously, he went to Vegas. I mean, he's, he's done very well. Um, amazing, you might say. It was really surprising to me to even hear that this move happened, but they traded him to the Blackhawks. That in and of itself, I hate that he went to the. I, I hate that he went to Chicago, but to then find out that the poor man found out through Twitter. Um, these are the kind of things where, yes, a franchise is a business and they do their thing, blah blah blah. This is where that 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 human element will always drive me nuts. That some there, some organizations can be so inconsiderate to it. For him, someone who was a staple in Vegas's success. I mean, not just as a Penguin, he's been successful his whole career. He was crucial to their to their playoff runs. You know, I mean, he basically helped put. Vegas on the map in their inaugural seasons. Um, you know, he's a big part of, you know, what they've built. 
And that's fine. You trade a player. Those things happen. But for him to find out on Twitter absolutely infuriates me, obviously, because I love the man. But um, I was, I mean, I'm still, I was always holding out hope he'd, he'd find his way back to Pittsburgh at some point. But the stand-up fellow that he is, he very easily could have told Chicago, look, I'm not reporting. I'm not. I'm yeah. not signing the trade, basically. And that would have opened up the door for him to come to Pittsburgh. But, and I mean, I don't even know that that would have been in the cards, but it would have opened up that possibility. But that's just not that's just not the way the flower is. He's he's a stand-up dude, um, and I knew he was going to do it. I, there were so many people I saw that were hopeful that we could get him, but I knew he was going to contact him and be like, I'm reporting. Let's do this. He's just that kind of player. Um I guess all I really have to say on it is it's just I'm so tired. And you hear about a few of these every year and in, in every league somewhere, somehow, this is how they find out. Yep. And I get the business side of it. I get making these things happen and sometimes leaks happen, whatever. I get it. But this should never happen to a player and especially not a player with the impact he has. Um, he... Vegas wouldn't be the franchise they are right now, you know, after the expansion without Fleury between uh, between the pipes. So I think he was done a huge disservice, and he's going to take it off the chin and just he's going to be fine. He's not the kind of person that's going to hold a grudge like that. He's an absolutely amazing human being, not just a player. Um, so he's going to show up for Chicago, and he's going to play great. Uh, they – it's an amazing pickup for them. It still bugs me. Obviously, Penguins having goalie trouble. I hate seeing him go anywhere else, but that's not even the main point. It's just that human element should never get sidestepped for business, in my opinion. It's it's just not how it should be done. And so. now you can join me in my hate <laughs> for the Las Vegas Knights. Gold yeah, Knights. I... Uh, I'm officially never going to root for them again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I just don't know how you do that to somebody. Well, like I guess Fleury. so A's also didn't alert Jesus Luzardo when they traded him. He found out oh. on Twitter. So that leads me to believe there was probably some I don't know I don't want to say animosity, but probably loss of respect for the player. And like you said, that that shouldn't be how they find out about it but no and and i will i will say to that i mean if there's a bad relationship between the franchise and the player not saying this is lazardo i mean i know he had his incident and maybe that stuff but you know if you have a cancer in the locker room things like that and it's just known whatever maybe then i could understand a franchise being like yeah whatever see you later but that's not Flower, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, and like Braden and others in the organization, you know, they say yeah. we we are going to miss him. We wish him the best, all that stuff. So it leads me to believe that he probably wasn't, you know, a locker room cancer or anything like that. I just wonder if the, right. the front office had had it with him. And, you know, it is unfortunate. I, I wish that wouldn't have happened, but it did. So thought... Yeah. If just to be fair and and not a complete homer, I, I ought to mention that. So. Well, and it it happened. I'm sure every team's done it at some point. 
I mean, like I said, you hear about it every year. So, I mean, there's a handful that happen every year. It just, it, you know, your heart breaks for, for these players because especially the really good ones, the high character uh, guys that, I mean, it's just such, such a gut punch, but. It just doesn't make sense I mean, to me. Like he was in the minor leagues at the time, so it's not like he was there in the building. Uh, yeah. Makes it a little more difficult, but like. Every time you see a trade go through, like when they have cameras or whatever, it's always, hey, come into the office. I got to talk to you about something. Hey, you've been traded, whatever. Here's where you're going. Thanks for your right. time. This person right. will coordinate your travel, whatever. Good luck. You know, that's that's always how I've seen it done. So where he was in Vegas, obviously that's not where the A's are headquartered out of. So... Maybe that played into some of it. Maybe the, the trade got out to, to a member of the media or whatever, and they just pushed the trade right. through. I don't know. But it is what it is. So um, I don't remember what I was going to bring up outside of that. So I guess Episode we'll let you three. off the hook. <laughs> but this one, we might, we might even have to split this baby into to two parts because we went, we went a little wild on this one. Well, it was a pretty big topic. I pretty mean, topic. There was a, this Lots was an stuff. active trade deadline, man. Yeah. So. We probably could have talked about that for an entire episode. Yeah. Well, and I had some jerk not left for training camp. Probably would have, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. Jerk right yeah. here. <laughs> All right. So with that, we'll, we'll end here and, like I said, maybe split it out into two. We'll, we'll see what we do. Uh, but as always... We, we have the, the socials now at SSSPod21 on Twitter and Instagram. And then Facebook, we're at Square State, Pod, Square State Podcast. No, Square State Sandlot. Yep. And then you can find us on YouTube as well, which is we'll, we'll post a lot of clips. We'll post the, the entire episodes in a couple places so you can see them. As always, leave any comments, questions. We'd love to do a, a mailbag for uh, questions from Absolutely. fans, get get you guys involved in that. As Kyle has hinted, we we will be doing a fantasy football. Maybe get some of the the fans in on it. Um, I always do prizes in fantasy football, so maybe a little incentive to join there. But anything else you need to add before we we call it? Uh, that's it, man. I'm just excited. Uh, obviously, the rebranding and getting in under the new the new flag flagship podcast whatever um i don't know i'm just it's it's exciting i'm having a blast so i hope i hope people get involved oh. looking forward to answering some questions and shout out to my aunt michelle livermore for yes. making the, the design for us we love it so. it's absolutely amazing thank you all right, and with that, we'll end here. So you guys have a good evening. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you on the next one. Have a good one.